Motown Rundown, we are here on a Monday. It is September 27th, late night recording here on our Motown Monday. So you probably won't be hearing this until Tuesday or later than that. Um, but nonetheless, we are back. Um, big weekend for everyone. I guess we can get into that. I know the elephant in the room, if you're listening, is the Lions somehow found another way to not only lose, but to do it in just the most egregious way possible. Uh, Trent Collins and myself had the pleasure of being there in person to see it happen in the uh, end zone. In the end zone, yeah. None, nonetheless, right, right behind the action. Yeah, uh, listen, we'll we'll, we'll get to it later. I promise yeah, we'll get to it later. But you guys got to understand, like the listeners, we were right in the middle. So when it hit the crossbar, we could we literally couldn't tell if it bounced onto the turf or into the net. And then you saw the net move, and we were just. Absolutely deflated. The oh, it bounced on the net. Oh, oh yeah, it did. Yeah, oh, it it, it crushed the net. It, crushed. it like bounced thirty yards forward. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, I I, I don't get it, dude. It, it's a fucking coin flip whether that ball hit, it, whether it angles the right way or not. And it, it of course, oh, it angled the wrong God. way. We'll we'll get to it later. But hey, I do want to publicly thank you guys for making that a fun day. That was a fun time. The most tickets. it's it's the end. <laughs> It's the it's the annual Motown Rundown Lions outing, and it will be a thing from here on out. So I'm excited to kind of bring the people our behind the scenes look. The pleasure is all on this side of the counter. Thank yeah. you, thank you very much. That was a that was a great that was a great day. Um, I know we want to, we'll get into that. We'll get into the whole game day thing, and we'll break it down for everyone. But uh, Trent, you had a big weekend. You had a you had a nice three day stretch of events. I had a. I had a pretty packed weekend as well. Unfortunately, Ryan Collins was not able to be in East Lansing with us on Saturday, but let's, yeah, let's talk about that. Of, let's fill the people in. Well, Trent, give us, give us all your story. Let's my, share my stories. Story. This is like, this is when we, and we talked about this. I think Collins brought this up as being one of the better parts of like college is when everyone sits together the night after and you just like share what happened and everyone tells their Story the morning, dude. The morning after Sunday mornings, it's always the best. Yeah, let's have our morning after conversation. Trent, go ahead. How was your weekend? Yeah, this is our this is our velvet morning conversation. My my uh my weekend was fantastic. To give people quick context, although I know no one cares that much, went to see Metallica in Louisville um at the Louder Than Life Festival on Friday. Woke up at about seven a.m. Saturday. Got back to see this. See, I didn't go to the game. I did not go to the woodshed, but I came back to East Lansing to be in town when the Spartans took on uh, the, n- Nebraska and got the job done and Rabs, I'm sure you got thoughts on that. And then of course, you know, our beloved lions on Sunday. So it was back to back to back. I think I got a total of 11 hours of sleep over the weekend. I counted um, lots of alcohol, lots of screaming, <laughs> just, just an overall horrible, that horrible weekend for the body and, and, and my health. However, probably the best weekend of my life. Could have been a wow. lot better if wow. most, I'll say most fun weekend of my life, hands down. Could have been a lot better if Justin Tucker didn't do that. But you know, we'll get to all that later. But uh, Rabs, fill us in. You want to let you want to do a little MSU football? Yeah, we can do that. Um, yeah, I was uh, had the pleasure of being back in East Lansing on Saturday. Season ticket holder, no big deal. I had a I had a long weekend as well, Trent. I worked the concert on Friday night. I worked the NF concert at DTE. Made the drive from DTE Friday night to East Lansing. Hit the town a bit. Um, great to be back in the city. I mean, Collins, you might have made the comment, or might have, I probably was Trent, because Trent, you're actually still up there. 
what a scene East Lansing. I mean, I don't know. Like, good for these businesses, good for these bars, but it is an abs- it is absolute chaos uh, in the mean streets of East Lansing these days. But woke up, uh, had a round of golf at seven thirty in the morning on Saturday. Pouring rain, cold. It was soaking wet. Uh, we walked nine holes and then got after it. Got to the Riv. Complete uh, idiotic move. Well, I did it anyway. I played. I can't believe you. If they said there was no tarts on a situation like that, it's immediate. Hey, we're going to yeah. the Riv. We're going to the Riv about two hours early. I had to walk. That well, that was the thing. As one of the one of the guys I was with came in from Chicago. And he was already pot committed into doing it. And as soon as we walked in the door, because it was one of those situations, Collins, where like the guy running the pro shop or slash whoever, whoever runs that golf course was pulling up at the same time we were. And so I kind of, I kind of felt bad. Like, wow, this guy showed up just for us and it was raining and it rained for about an hour um, as we were playing. But the guy was like, I'm not letting you take carts out. And I was ready to turn around and go home. Like I was, I was, yeah, seriously. I was going to make, I had shorts on, I was going to mail it in. But um, I was like, you know what? I'll suck it up for the better of the group. So we got nine holes in, went to the Riv, uh, did our little tailgate rounds, got to the woodshed, got to see a nice Michigan State victory against Nebraska and the rest of the night. Uh, it's history. Got to see Julian too. It was great to see our good friend Julian, friend of the pod. Uh, we got to spend some time with him, which was great. Um, but yeah, Collins, we can loop you in here with the Michigan State uh, football minute. That game striped the stadium. Should have lost by three touchdowns. Yeah, the atmosphere was great, but I agree, Collins. I they did not play very well, and the stadium started pouring out with about seven minutes left in the game, and you know that relentless attitude that Mel Tucker brings. Michigan State hung in there, unbelievable punt return for a touchdown, and they went on the field goal in overtime, but. I thought it was great. Great time to be alive. What's it called? Their deep. I will say this: their defense looks a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I mean, I mean, Nebraska is no world beater on the offensive side of the football. Adrian Martinez made say a thousand mistakes, but like they literally were on the field the whole second half, and they were able. They basically won them the football game, like special teams and defense. So, I mean, they're four and zero. Their win total was four and a half, and. It's hard not to be impressed. So it is what it is. <laughs> what do you think about, uh, I believe, what's his name? Chase Klein and uh, Kalen Gervin, who's my least favorite player at Michigan State, are, are, have entered the transfer portal. I, I thought care. Klein was. I, I don't, yeah, I don't understand why people care about stuff like that. Like, oh, it's a bad look for the program. I mean, these guys are obviously not playing and they want to play somewhere else without losing a year of eligibility. That's why they're transferring within the year. If it wasn't – if it was the case – it's kind of funny, though, because Klein and Durbin both play. So it, it was kind of weird to see that. Like, I'm pretty sure Klein had a sack on Saturday. But, I mean, whatever, dude. Do what you got to do. I saw – I don't think – I don't even know if Kalen Gervin played a snap on Saturday. He, he did. He played special teams. Well, as far as defensively, he is by far – one of the worst cornerbacks I've ever seen him. I was he's a converted that wide receiver, is he not? Tri- you have not been watching Michigan State football long enough. He's terrible. Well, well, he's terrible. You think Caleb? I mean, I, I, I hate to throw Darian Hits under the bus or Chris L. Rocker or the countless names. Like Kalon Durbin is not very good. I'll give you that, but the rest of the secondary around him was not great either. That's fair. Maybe that was a bit tongue in cheek on my part, but I don't, I mean, there's a reason why he didn't play very many snaps, if any, on the defensive side of the ball on Saturday. So 
Shake well, he hand, started the time. year. That's like the thin, like, hey, yeah, dude, he did. He he was the starter for the first three weeks. Is. So I don't know. I feel like those Detroit kids, because he's a cast that guy, just never work out in Michigan State. They never do. It's up like a f- there's few. I mean, Lawrence Thomas, uh, William Golson, but I mean, I don't know. Whenever they get big recruits from Detroit, it never really seems to work out. Well, hey, MSU football's four and zero. That was like the one thing I could fall back on taking away from this weekend was that. That was a nice. Oh yeah, it gave me. If they would have lost on Saturday too, I Sunday this could have been one of the worst football weekends ever. Well, we've I think we've all discussed this in the past because we've we've all been there where we've had those weekends where we come in on like you know Sunday or Monday coming off an MSU loss, coming off a Lions loss, and it just it, it it does something to you like throughout throughout the rest of the week. So at least I have Michigan State to hang my head on. Everyone can probably he- hear and tell right now my voice. I'm not at 100%. It was a long weekend hey, of screaming and yelling. You're doing better than Brock is doing. I can tell you that right now. Well, Brock Brock was was drinking Miller Lite like it was water at the game. So that was kind of where on, on Saturday, you know, I, I put myself through the ringer. I did what I had to do to get up for the woodshed. Um, and then come, come Sunday morning, Trent, we had a early, early Sunday morning. We were on the road around eight 30, eight 45 to get to Ford field. And then the festivities continued, but I wasn't like you see, that's the thing, Trent too. I don't mean to jump right to the lions. Cause we do want to talk tigers here, but I'm usually one of those guys at the lions games that like, I just like to sit and watch, you know, because I'm usually, I, I very rarely go to lions games with my friends, a lot of it's just like when my uncle Steven comes in town or my dad and my brother will go. So I kind of, you know, I sit there and I watch, but being up in section 318 with Trent and Brock and Collins was there too, obviously I had to bring another, another level that I didn't have in me on Sunday. And I wasn't planning on getting up and screaming for third down, but you know, you hear the Motown it's third down and you get up. And then I just, I waking up this morning, trying to get words out of my mouth wasn't possible. Um, I, my lips, my lips have been dry for three straight days. It doesn't matter how much water I drink. I just can't retain moisture in my lips. I don't know if that's like a medical thing or if I'm just dehydrated or what it is. Um, immediately came home from the game yesterday and I slept for like five hours, woke up, uh, went to sleep again. And now I'm here. So we're fighting it, but long, long weekend, great weekend. All in all, that's one of those things too. I have to tell you guys, I I'd make this comment a lot as far as the things I'm passionate about in life. And like the number one thing pretty much is sports. As sad as that might be to, to some people, you couldn't have drawn up a better weekend, like between the tailgating to just hanging out with friends, going to the games, hitting the bars. Like that's, that's it. Like that's, I, there's, there's truly no other way I would rather spend a weekend despite the fact that the lions lost. Like that's, that is to me is as good as it gets in life. And that, no, that could so, be I mean, what's people. the problem? Yeah, miss me with like hiking or going fishing and stuff like that. Like I, I would rather sit at a tailgate for eight hours and just do nothing or just watch football all day. That is just what I love. So yep. sue me. It was great. Um, okay, well let's do uh let's do the Detroit sports here. Um, we're gonna have Tigers and Lions for you today. We'll get into all the Lions stuff in a bit here. Right, CD. I see oh, they, I they, they roll the one. one. Yeah, sorry. Oh, Collins, oh, and sorry. Have, Collins and I both have Collins and I both have CD Lamb. <laughs> Collins and I both have CD Lamb going tonight in fantasy, and he just had a great catch and is down at the one. Fifty yards at the one. Yeah. That's a tough bounce. I've already lost well, my game. But they no, might no review it. Fantasy, but. Yeah, no one cares. But that—that's a touchdown, yeah, by the way. But move on. Move on. 
Okay, cool. Um, next week, we will bring you uh, Red Wings and Pistons. I know I, I feel like last week I teased the fact that we were going to do Red Wing stuff today because training camp has started. I believe the preseason starts this week. If not this week, it's like within the next week and a half. Um, prospect tournament has come and gone. So there's a lot of things to unpack with the Wings. I think I told you guys we were going to talk about it this week, but other priorities at the moment. We will talk about all that stuff next week. Um, but first things first, the Tigers. Um, I know the game, there are six games left in, in the season for the Tigers. Um, losing to the White Sox today, 8-7. to seven, uh, was a bit to unpack there. They currently sit at 75-81. and 81. I guess if they went out, they could go 500. Probably not going to happen, but uh, they do see the White Sox again at the end of the season. Um, but nonetheless, um, I know there was some drama that happened today. I actually didn't watch the game, but I there was a, there was a brawl. Yeah, yeah. Listen, Jose Abreu basically tried to spike Nico Goodrum in the face when he slid into second base. Not the face. Well, I mean, I. I mean, he he. I, not the he face. Karate chop. Well, it's like in a like a face. Yeah, he didn't give him the Austin Bryant karate kick. I get it, but I'm just I'm just saying like it, it, it was it was ridiculous. He he projectiled himself into second base, and I get it. He was upset for being hit with a pitch or something, but like, dude. I, I hate the White Sox. I hate every team in the Central, uh, and, and we don't have to harp on it, but Collins, I know you have thoughts on it. I thought it was Bush League, and and I and honestly, you know, Nico Goodrum, a guy, that might have been his last home game in Comerica. You know, I think all of us would like it to be. Oh, my still, God. Did I, I, don't, I don't care. For five years. I, I also don't fucking care. When you have the English D on your chest and someone, and, and someone tries to pull some Bush League stuff like that, doesn't sit well with me, but Collins, go for it. Well, I just think it's actually, like, generally, like, good for this team for something like that to happen. Like, if you're, like, especially with, like, the team that they're going to have to compete with, and that's – because the White Sox, I mean, they won the division, what, by, like, 12, 14 games this year? Yeah, they, like they, this year. They, they won it back in May, you know? No, no, but, I mean, they clinched, like, a week ago. But, like right. – I mean, the division's been over for basically like a month. Yes, that's what I'm more. saying. I mean, they, they won it yeah. during the it's summer. Like they, yeah, they've been in full control. But, like, for a team like the Tigers, who was like, okay, we're going to have to go through these guys or at least be competitive with them if we want to go to the playoffs, I, I think it's kind of good to have, like, a fuck you added to, to like them. Like, and I get – Abreu's mad because, see, I think he's been hit by more pitches than anyone in Major League Baseball. I think that's that's why when I was I, I was listening to some White Sox I complaints about it. I get that, but like the tie, that was the first time the Tigers hit him, and it it was a one run ball game, so it didn't make any sense why he was so pissed. But like if he's in a piss, don't like cower. Like I just I, I thought it was a good thing, and I love that Hinch was getting after him too. Like I I, I like like I'm not gonna be like this is a defining moment, but I also think like. When you watch this team, like they've dealt with adversity the entire year, it's nice to have like a little like, hey, we're not we're not gonna fucking like sit down to the White Sox. We get they got Robert, we get they got Abreu, like we're we're still coming after you. So I I I, I like that I like what happened today in Detroit. Like I just really do. And and everyone's like, you're a meatball fan. This is like has actually no correlation what's gonna happen next year. Maybe not, but like. For my like gut feeling and being like a gut feeling type of guy with sports, I liked what happened today. I think it's gonna give this team confidence going forward. I think that's just the story of 
this team the whole year is they've they've overachieved so much. And I don't mean that in the negative way of they're not actually this good and they've, you know, they've out kind of out. Well, they coverage. don't have the talent. They I mean, they're outperforming their talent. Right. Which is I mean, which is really all you can ask for. I mean, if I know their their win total in Vegas was somewhere around 67 and a half. 68. But yeah, whatever it may be, and you know, to 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 be to win seventy five plus games this year, I, I think you have to walk away with this from this season, looking at it in in a very positive light. And I know we can, you know, we can definitely wrap the season up next week and and get more into. It. I know we're a bit behind on the Tiger stuff too, um, but yeah, I don't disagree, Collins. Like that's, I think that this team is is starting to find their identity as as far as you know, they're they're a scrappy ball club. They're not, they they never take them. I mean, even today they came back. And scored what, like five runs in the eighth inning. So, you know, they they never feel like they're out of games. And in a situation like that, you know, I, the the Tiger season obviously is is coming to an end, and there's there's no postseason for them this year. Um, so that doesn't really have any juice that they can carry over into more games. Um, but it, it, like you said, Collins, it, at least they're still they're still awake. They're still alive. They're going to finish the season strong. The White Sox have been fantastic and they've been banged up all year long too so the fact that they've been able to be as good as they have been um with with really missing guys on any given night is pretty impressive and the fact that they have a skeleton as a manager and they can still win as many games as they have that's great as well so um but hey i mean looking at looking at this division like no one in this division scares me at all seriously i mean you know the the, the Indians white have, socks don't scare you well i'm saying from i guess from the <laughs> From the standpoint of everyone else in the division, like no, the, no, 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 no. The Indians have regressed to the mean. The Royals haven't seemed to make any real progress whatsoever. The Twins have regressed to the mean too after a couple of years of teasing you with this team could could actually go win the Central. And I believe they did once, once or twice in the last handful of years. Um, but yeah, I mean the White Sox are just loaded like that. Talk about a talk about a team that has talent. I mean their their lineup is can be devastating when they're all healthy and that they've gotten a lot out of their pitching too. I mean, Lance Lynn, like was kind of, at least in my eyes was kind of an afterthought coming into this season and it has just been absolutely lights out. So that, that team, I, I really, you know, I don't really like root for AL central teams as they go into the postseason Cause for whatever reason, like baseball, baseball and football to me, because the divisions are so, you know, are so small versus something on, you know, like, like in basketball, like, yeah, the divisions are the divisions, but you're more so looking at the rest of your conference. Same thing with hockey. Like the, the division is the division, but it's more so of a conference, you know, type type deal as far as the way that you view it. But but baseball and, and football, especially, you know, when you only have a handful of teams in your conference, like there's there are zero teams in this in this division that I care to see succeed. But um, I guess I, that's really all I have to say on the Tigers before I guess we really dive in and wrap up the season next week. Um, you know, you, you have some injuries that you're battling here at the end, like Matthew Boyd goes down. Uh, I don't even know if we talked about the fact that Jake Rogers is having Tommy John surgery, but uh, Victor Reyes is being shut down for the year too, which is obviously with a week with a week and some change left, not too big of a deal. Hey, um, real quick. I, I want to say Victor Reyes looked fantastic. I think what game was it? He went four for four with four hits. He had a really nice. Yep. He had a really nice uh, like month. You really did. Also, how about it's, me just how about me just saying four for four with four hits? Like obviously. Thanks, Trent, for for, for telling us how many hits yeah. he had if he went four for four. But whatever, whatever. No, bro. What's the goal? Rabs, I get your point. I like your point. You're like, oh, there's no one else in the vision. That's why I kind of like it. Say, hey guys, like 
you think you're going to win this division for the next like five to 10 years. Like we're going to be, if the Tigers actually make moves this off season, which I'm praying, we don't have to get into that again. I'm just saying it's like a nice message to send. Like we're not going to just like roll over because you're right. The other teams in division, I think are not trending up like the Tigers. I think the Royals, there could be a possibility the Royals kind of figured out because they do have young pieces and talent. And they got Salvador Perez, who was hit like 50 home runs out of nowhere this year and probably would have been an MVP in like any other year if Guerrero and Otani haven't been going this nuts. So I don't know. I, I get that, but I don't know. I, it was just, like the whole culture that Hinch has built this year, it's just really impressive. And I think today, like in a moment like today, where you see everyone kind of get animated about something like that to a contending team, I think it just – it. Everything about this Tiger season has been positive, except the month of April and May. Well, even May, I think they technically had – did they have a winning record in May? Yeah, but it was like midway through April to like the beginning of May. Like that okay, that's, stretch that's, they stopped. That's fair. Collins, I'm on the same page as you. Like I just – I've been – Like everything but, has been positive and it the, all starts with Hinch. And the problems that you have, I guess, aside from the Robbie Grossman debate, which we don't have to unpack again – but, like, the, all the problems you have are good problems to have. You know, you don't know which catcher you love. You don't really know who to play in the outfield every day. You know, you don't really know what your pitching rotation should be because all these guys are pretty solid. And it's just I, – I just love what Hinch said also, by the way, uh, today when he was asked about, you know, Miggy is 16 hits away and he's probably not going to get to – what? how many hits? What's the, what's the number? I don't want to sound like an idiot. 3,000? 3,000 hits. He's going to get to 3,000 hits at some point next year. And well, Hinch basically there's said another thing we can debate. Did you see that what Hinch said today? Yes, that's what I was going to say. I love that. I just love Hinch. But Re- Collins, tell the people what Hinch said. Well, what's it called? I think Miggy's like, I want to say 20 hits away. 16. I think he's 16. And the Tigers have six games left this year on the road. And they start the season on the road. So everyone would say, oh, Hinch has done a bench on for road games, and he basically already went out of the way. He said, I'm not doing that. So, like, yeah, he said breaking he moves. Gets, I love there's it. a good chance Miggy's gonna get his 3,000 hit on the road, but um, like it, it was just funny. I, I would you, I would honestly hold him out to do it at home. Like, I, I mean, I mean, after what happened with the home, not, not next year. I, I like if he gets like 10 hits, like in the next like four games or something like that. And you're like, eh, I kind of don't want him to, like, get in a meaningless game in, like, Chicago. It would be nice that he would do it, like, at the very very beginning of that year. So even if he gets it on the road, once he comes back, like, he can uh, – on opening day, he can, like, get celebrated. I don't know. I he, I, I thought it was funny, though, because I, I personally – because I'm such a sentimental sap, I'm like, can you please do it at home? Yeah, no, I, I kind of get that, Collins, especially after, you know, he hit his 500th home run in Toronto. I don't think we ever talked about, like, the the, the fact that the Toronto fans made that incredible, as, as good as it could be on the on the road. So, but whatever, I, I, I kind of agree with you, actually. It's like, at this point, you know, you're not making the playoffs. You've proved everything you wanted to prove this year. Why not just hold them out and let them get early next year? I don't know. I would. That's just that, me, because yeah, I'm a loser but, and I'm selfish. Rabs, unless you have any thoughts, I feel like that's enough on. on well, I mean, on on that on that front, before we put Tigers to bed, the the hits thing and the home run thing are are two completely different things from the standpoint of 
I was the sucker that went to pretty much every single home game after when he came back with 499. I was at every single game trying to catch the home run. And that like trying to make a home run happen for a guy that doesn't hit 30 to 40 home runs a year. It's like trying to find a needle in the haystack, like to a certain extent, you just have to get lucky. And I, every single at bat I was in the stadium for with Miggy, everyone was on their feet, screaming, yelling. Like it it was like, I, I think I've said it on this podcast. It was like when you're tapping on the glass, like with a fish in a fish tank. So I'm sure he was, ripping the bat a little bit tighter because there was that little bit of pressure on him. So, I mean, the hits thing, like, you know, with, with six games left, I, I guess that's a conversation for Miggy as far as, like, I, this the, in, this conversation should have nothing to do with, like, trying to make the hits line up with the home schedule. It should just be a matter of health. Like, hey, are you, you know, do you feel healthy enough to go? How many games do you think you can roll with? And if, if Miggy's like, you know what, just shut me down for the rest of the year, then fine. I, I have no problem if, if, if that happens, but to, to start the start next season on April 1st against the Mariners, you have six games on the road, a day off, and then you come home for one, two, three, four, five, six games at home. So honestly, <laughs> I don't like to start the season and to not have Miggy in the lineup for the sake of like, oh, well, we want to time his hits so he does it at home. I think that's comical. Well, I, like I will. Almost, that's almost I'll like say this. points. It's I'll, like I'll say this, points. Rabs. It, well, it's, they're not going to, Rabs. He already said they're not going to do it. Yeah, they're saying. not. I, they're not going to do it. But no, they're not doing it. My, my thing is like, I think honestly, I think the expectations for next year's Tigers, and I guess we'll revisit this in a few months when it's the off season. But I just feel like, yeah, the expectations next year are going to be a lot higher. So it's not necessarily like you can plan out. Like, like that's what bad teams do, I guess. Like you, you, you plant, you hold out one of your best hitters so that he can hit a certain milestone at home. But I do agree with Collins in the sentiment that like, it would just be cool, especially having fans back and everything. What, whatever, whatever. Talk I know. We're not going to do it. You know, about this more. I'm just a loser and I want to miss hit it at Comerica. I kind Sorry. of agree. I kind of agree. Sue me. In a perfect Sue world. Me, AJ Hitch. In a perfect world, Collins. That's fair, but we'll wrap up. We'll wrap up Tigers for today. We'll get back to it next week. I'm sure the season. Will, I think the season will be over by the time we record next, potentially. But we'll figure all that out. Can't um, wait for playoff baseball. Can't wait. Playoff baseball will be great. I don't. I don't disagree with that at great, all. Yeah, that, it's gonna be really good. AL wild cards actually like nuts right now. But continue. Sorry. Yep. Uh, let's do the Lions, uh, and we will take this to the end of the show this week. Um, as we all know, uh, Baltimore Ravens Lions. come to town. Uh, Lions lose 19-17 on a last-second NFL record-setting, game-winning 66-yard field goal from Justin Tucker. Um, stats real quick, Jared Goff, 22 for 30 through the year with 217 yards passing. DeAndre Swift was your leading rusher, 14 carries, 47 yards, and a touchdown. And Khalif Raymond of all human beings, of all, of all people on this earth, to lead your Lions in receiving on week three in the 2021 season. Cliff Raymond, six catches, 68 yards uh, in that Lions loss. Before we get into the game, um, th- Trent, that was the first time in my life that I have tailgated for a Lions game. Uh, shout out to, to your friend or your dad's friend, Derek, for having us cooking up Jeez. some burgers. Unreal pepper jack dip, by the way. people, No one was talking about that. Yeah, listen, I never I, I never half of it, Rebs. I'm not <laughs> sure I've ever mentioned this on this podcast, but yeah, shout out to Derek Mackey, friend of the pod. He listens. He is an absolute beast when it comes to Lions tailgates. He's been doing this for 20 years. I was just happy that I was finally able to share it 
with my buddies who are the biggest Lions fans I know. And, you know, having the brothers there is always, always, always a plus. So it was a great, it was a great atmosphere. But yes, continue. You just don't, what's it called? Shout out to Derek. Unreal. Great time. Burgers were good. Great, great vibe. What's it called before Lions game? You just don't realize how crazy Lions fans are until you go to a game. I haven't been to a game in probably, I think I went to a game in 2019, but obviously all last year didn't go to a game. Lions fans are complete like sociopaths. It's un and it's like, like I, I'm wearing a black Kevin Jones jersey, and there's also a 65 year old guy wearing the same jersey walking by. <laughs> like that was tacky pants. Happen. It's the tucked into his tacky pants. Yeah, and then the guy comes right up to me. I'm like, no, I come up, I go up to that. I'm like, nice jersey, man. I high five him. He goes. You know, we're going to a funeral, right? That's why I wear black. And he, like, has a big laugh, like, classic old school Lions fan. Listen, but, then, like, he, then he leaves and he comes back and he says, Oh, yeah, he, he, back, he, he came to back say. to tell you that. He, like, that was like one of those things when you get into a fight with someone and the day after you're like, Fuck, I should have said that. That would have been great. He was like, what? He was in line for the porta potty and he's like, I actually have to go back and say that. You this had to circle back and make that joke to me. Which I yeah. respect. Well, didn't didn't he also try to convince us that somehow Lamar Jackson wasn't going to play? Yeah, yeah. This guy was like, I've got, I've heard like buzz that Lamar is like is not going to play today, and I'm yeah, like, I know, I know. like, I dude, like, sir. I, what's it called? I, me and Rabs were just sitting there like casually, just like, what are like the wildest jerseys we're going to see today? Because that's like my favorite part. Me, my buddy, I mean, my buddy Rob was actually at the game. He's like, I've gone to a lot of Lions games with him because his families had season tickets and we always talk about just like the preposterous jerseys you see at a lion's game i think the like female cut haloti nada jersey that me and rav saw yeah. was like maybe it, it literally like was beyond shock that or that anthony zettel jersey that the guy had when we were walking out of the stadium <laughs> i was like where did you get that yeah, I, I, that's, that's such a, and that's back to one of those things, Collins, about why I just love sports and, and not only sports, but I love the Lions and I love like the atmosphere and having guys, having guys like you two in my life because the Jersey thing, like that's all I was concerned about when I was at, like that's, that's where my brain goes when I go to these games, like any game. I love looking at like, oh, who's got, who's got on the unique Jersey. And that was a topic of conversation for Collins and I for like a good hour. But the game day atmosphere was great. The Tigers were playing the same day down there, so I guess you get double the vibes. But food was good. Um, the only two things I would change was I. it was probably, what was it, Derek's son's friend who wore a Justin Herbert jersey to the game because he said he didn't have any Lions jerseys. That was just then- a preposterous thing to say. You could have just been like, <laughs> um, yeah, I, it, like he could have just been like, hey, the problem, he was the younger, I, I don't care. He, I, I didn't really care. It was just really, it was funny. Just said that he had a Lions jacket on and he just took it off and out of nowhere, he said a Herbert jersey on. But his excuse being, I have no Lions things to wear. So why did you wear a Herbert then? Like you could have just worn. No, that was like, like a regular. That, that was like, I'm going into a football game. I'm just going to wear a football jersey. That was, that was that. It's like, no, I'm going to the Cubs game. I might as well throw on my Tigers Dontrell Willis jersey, even though I probably would. I probably would do that. Hey, listen, quickly. I also want to I also want to give Ryan Rabinowitz some credit here because this was one of the hardest laughs I had all day 
we first get into the stadium. We sit down in section 318, and we see someone about three rows in front of us. There's four Ravens fans in a line, and the fourth guy on the end has on a red T-shirt with a yellow number eight on the back. I think it was like a NASCAR thing. Forgive me if that's like the best driver. I don't even NASCAR think right it now. was. I don't even think it was. But, Rebs, do you want to explain what your rationale was? Well, because I well okay. Okay, so – so like there were some Ravens fans in town. I don't know how many people are actual Ravens. Like I don't, I don't know. You know, we we had the conversation about like the Packers fans that like the Packers fans that are from Michigan that have have the backdoor story about why they're a Packers fan. But there were some Ravens fans there nonetheless. Um, and yeah, these four these four guys in front of us. You had like a Lamar Jackson jersey, probably a Ray Lewis, whatever. Not, doesn't not here nor there. But the guy on the ends wearing like a red jersey with the number eight on the back. And Trent was just like, what do you you think this guy's story? And I told him, I go, this guy's, this guy lives here. These, there there are three or four of his buddies that came into town for the game. They're big Ravens fans. This guy's not a Ravens fan, nor does he actually watch the Lions very often. But his buddies came to the game and he's like, you know what? I want to join in on it. There's a player on the Ravens that wears number eight. I have a shirt that has number eight on the back. I'm wearing this shirt to the game. That's how that happened. But Talk about some other crazy Jersey stuff too. We saw two people wearing like Bill's jerseys that were going to the Tigers game, the Tigers game, two guys wearing Bill's jerseys. Um, that was, there's a guy wearing a Cubs jersey at the game. Oh, we should have just, I I want, we were joking about catch first, first pitch. I was like, we just should have, should have got tickets for like five bucks to catch first pitch and then leave. That would have been great. I saw there was a Wrigleyville Cubs jersey at the Lions game. That stuff drives me insane. I just – I can't believe it. Then we uh, – was walking into the stadium, Miles had me convinced that we saw Matthew Judon walking through security. Listen, that guy was an absolute blowhard. This guy comes in with like a Ravens on-field warm-up and the number 99 on the chest, and he tells my okay, brother – Okay, okay. Listen, Collins, Collins, let me – he tells my brother Miles, who is maybe the most gullible person on this on this earth, that he's Matthew Judon. I said, Miles, it is 12:30. Kick is in 45 minutes. These guys got here this morning to the field at probably 10 o'clock. If that is well, Judon's not on the Ravens anymore. Yeah, see, that's the thing, Trent. As as I thought Miles said something that because Miles was staring at him, and Miles say that the guy told him, like, stop looking at me like I'm famous or something like that. Yes. I thought that comment got, happened. And then I was the one that told Miles, like, 99, like, that's got to be Matthew Judon, because that's just what my brain went to. Come to find out that there's a 99 on the Ravens that, like, starts on the D-line. He's got some, like, I don't know. He's got some name I can't pronounce. No, so it, it wasn't it, Matthew Judon. It has it nothing- been a family member. It has nothing to do with Judon. I guess my point is just that, like, this guy telling him that he's on the team. And I'm like, I'm like Miles, how do you think this works? Anyways, this, we don't need to waste time on this. It was just – that was actually really funny. That was a funny little – No, 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 but I'm laughing because he's like, you just said, can we talk about Miles' jersey? And I, I know Miles listens to the show. Yes. He has a game worn jersey. Basically. Well, it's not, it's not. It's not game worn. It's not game worn. No, it is like game quality. It's but on it field. Has his name on the back. It's an on field customized jersey. I'm not going to completely throw him under the bus and say what the price was. If you want to look it up, go to NFLShop.com. It was Trent a lot of money. Three, uh, Trent said it was above three hundred dollars, which <laughs> I, could, I mean, my I'm Matthew Stafford jersey no, cost I me twenty dollars on DHgate. I re- honestly respect it. Trent added his 
name on his jersey. What was that? T-Val 91 on your jersey? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. No, but what's it called? I was like absolutely shocked when I saw like Miles' jersey. I didn't know they made those. Like, I didn't know you could customize like a fully stitched jersey. Like you could put in shoulder yeah. pads. Like his jersey, you could put in shoulder pads. Yep. Any of the fitted sleeves too. Yes, fitted sleeves. You keep on going. You say, I got to fill these out, fellas. I got to fill these out. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. Are, what do you yeah, he starts, he starts talking about how he has to I'm hit like, well, How big your arms going to get, dude? You're not like Derek Barnes or something. Yeah. Also, a guy had a Derek Barnes jersey. Who Love, guys? It. Love that, it. Guys. Hey, that also was like the first jersey we saw. And that you got to keep in mind, this is after. That guy was 65 years old with a Derek Barnes jersey. You know that guy's been through some things. Oh, yeah. If but he the- has that type of optimism to get a Derek Barnes jersey, you know like he's just like every year – preseason he's like this is the year this is the year i i can't i can't talk because that was me after we drafted jared davis next day day after draft day it's announced he's wearing 40 i pulled the trigger on a jersey that was just horrible but anyways let's talk about the game should we talk about the game we can do that yeah we'll talk about the game um so do we have to yeah we do it's our it's our job the pod this is what the podcast is is founded on um First of all, there were a lot of empty seats. There were empty I want to. I want to. I, I, I you, you, there's. Listen, Brock I and I, Brock and I talked about seats, this, dude. Brock and I talked about this on the way home. I think Rabs, Rabs played it up a little bit. Rabs dude, played it up a little seats. bit. There was like, there was like two sections where there was like on the corners, and if you go to Lions teams, those people usually don't sit there that much. Like that is usually like how it is, unless it's a big game. You know what I'm talking about? In the corners of the end zone, they're the yeah. worst seats in the stadium. So there's like four or five sections where there'll be like little gaps of empty seats. Other than that, it was full. Whatever. That we're wasting. I'm wasting time on that. that. That's on me. As far as far as the game is concerned, I will give you my little my little synopsis. I'm gonna save. I'm gonna save like the end of the game um, as a separate piece. I thought the Lions played really well. Coming from a guy that had that was going to take the Raven or on the picks, I took the Ravens with the points. I thought the game was going to go over because I thought that the Ravens were going to have a field day on offense. I was very very impressed with this team. I thought the defense played extremely well against the against an offense that's high octane, mainly led by your their quarterback. They did a pretty good job. There was like one, maybe, maybe two plays that I can remember where they lost contain on the edge and Lamar Jackson was able to run and do his thing. But for the most part, they were extremely effective against stopping the run. They kept Lamar in the pocket. Lamar made some decent throws. And I know, um, you know, I, I made the comment to Trent too, of like, why you got to watch the whole game is, you know, there were two really, really bad drops by Hollywood Brown that were easy walking touchdowns. I don't know if one of those included the drop in the back of the end zone. I think there was a pass to Sammy Watkins that hit him in the hands. That was a great pass from Lamar um, that would have been a touchdown as well. So the secondary to me, 
still still an area of weakness just from the standpoint of they, they don't make a lot of plays on the ball. There's a lot of separation that receivers the receivers have against this team. The touchdown in the back of the end zone was a defensive breakdown or of some sort, some type of coverage miscommunication because that receiver was wide open. Dude, it, listen, listen, well. it, it's just I don't mean to cut you off, Raps. It's Will Harris. Both both the two biggest plays of the game were Will Harris. Oh, and I got a piece on him later, but go, keep going, keep going. But I, you know, all in all, um, I thought that the, the there were a couple times where Lamar would at least the pocket would collapse. Maybe he wasn't getting brought to the ground on sacks, um, but the pocket was at least collapsing and he was forced to throw the ball out of bounds. So um, I thought that was a strong effort. Austin Bryant had a great sack. Glad, glad to see him get some run. Didn't um, know he you know, changes number to two. That's that a crazy a- psycho number to have on on, def- on a defense. No, I line. love it. I, it is increased by ceiling on Austin Bryant. I now think he could be a difference maker. <laughs> but hey, that was great. Hey, Brock had a fantastic comment as soon as that happened because he did the great like karate kick celebration. Brock yeah. goes, Brock goes. He's been waiting three years to do that because he's been hurt for three years. You know what I mean? Exactly. He, he's had exactly. that in his bag. He has had that in his bag for three years, and finally yeah. he gets through. Exactly. But hey, the defense played fine. Uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's all about playing complimentary football. And that was one of like the bizarre thing about this game was we saw the script completely flipped from what we saw the first two games, as far as the offense was able to move the ball and be effective. The defense was not so good. It's, you know, it's hard to win games when you're letting up like 30 plus points. Um, but here the script was flipped. Um, you go down 10, nothing at half where, you know, we had the conversation in the stadium of the way that we, you know, we thought that the the last couple drives should have transpired. Do you punt? Do you not punt? Do you go for it? Do you kick? Whatever. But they escaped to go to halftime down 10 nothing. Um, your offense doesn't put the ball in the end zone until the third quarter. Um, and, and, again, like I said, the script had completely flipped. And, you know, watching this offense, I – DeAndre Swift, first of all, I said this to Colin several times. I think he might still be banged up because I think his volume, even just running the ball, should be a lot, should be a lot higher. I love Jamal Williams. I, I love the way both of the running backs run. Um, you know, just as far as like hitting the hole, head down, falling forward. DeAndre Swift is so incredible at making guys miss in the open field. And it was Brock that was like on that drive, they scored the touchdown. I think it was the DeAndre Swift touchdown. The entire drive was just like Hawk and Swift. That was it. You know, and I, I think Hawk only ended up with like two, how many catches? Like two catches? But but you, he, he had a big time catch that helped him move the ball downfield. Um, but it just goes to show where your playmakers are on this team. And you know, the more you can get the ball in DeAndre Swift's hands and, and TJ Hawkinson, the better off you'll be. Um, but all in all, um, the running game was, was non-existent for the second week in a row. And it really came down to the fact that they weren't really committed to the run. And I actually thought that when they did run the ball, they were fine. You know, they, you have your, your, your instances where the ball gets back to the line of scrimmage and that's about it. But with the two running backs you have that run pretty, run pretty effectively. Um, I, I, I would have liked to have seen the run used a bit, a bit more often. You guys heard me all throughout the game of just being disappointed with Jared Goff as far as him trying to extend plays like he's Patrick Mahomes and taking bad sacks. Like, it, it, like seriously, the drop back, I get pressure. I'm going to roll backwards, and I'm going to turn my back to the field and try to extend the play. Like, it, he doesn't have it. So there's a couple what things. What does that he I, have? Can we talk about that? He's just not that good. Well, 
I mean, that was well, that hey, was but, but, one listen, no, no. Guys, guys, listen. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get on a soapbox here and defend Jared Goff because I completely agree with you guys. We were all up there saying, yeah, Rabs, the first move you make can't be to plant your foot every time, every single time. Every I, time I understand you get pressure. What I will say is this that last drive of the game was tremendous. And here's the thing: it's not rocket science. When you have a quarterback like Jared Goff, that last drive was incredible because it was you were utilizing Williams, Swift, and Hawkinson. That's all it is. Every touchdown, I guarantee every touchdown drive the Lions have had this year, and, and I, I don't know this for a fact, but I guarantee it, it's been a Williams, Swift, and Hawkinson have all had a touch on the drive. Guaranteed. Go look. Like, I, I just, it's not rocket science. You have three good players on offense. Those are the three. Use them. Swift, I, I, I think, I don't have a problem with Goff. I, I don't think he's bad at all. We've talked about it. He's not bad. I, do, he's, not, I, he's also not going to win you the game. But you know what? He can put together a a a, a ticky tack dink and dunk drive to win you the game, and and, and put you ahead. And that's kind of what happened at the end of that Lions game. No, I I just want like any holdout hope that he Jared Goff. I don't think there's anybody in Detroit. We've already talked about this that thinks he's the guy and like the answer. But anyone who thinks like they, he has actual like value around the league, like he's I, I I would say he's twenty six to thirty two when you think of starting quarterbacks. Wow, right. really? Yeah, I really do. And watching that game, guess what? The Ravens defense, like they're not awful. I mean, they're not great, but like he has no desire to push the ball downfield. And you saw that with like LA, and I always thought like, you know what? Maybe if he needs a different scheme, it's a, it's just who he is. And I'm not gonna get on Jared Goff, and I'm not gonna get on the Lions because they made this move for assets, and they got assets. But Jared Goff is not an asset. I just want that on the record now. I, I I've I've seen all I needed to see in the first three weeks. Unless he's gonna reinvent the wheel, like in the next like 13 to 14 games, then I I might be wrong, but like I would be shocked. For like after this season, say, like, wow, I know who people should go after and trades Jared Goff. Like, I don't think we're going to hear that conversation at all, especially what I've seen so far. Like, he has no desire to push the ball downfield. No desire. That's I, that's probably like my that was like my last point of of my my spiel with the offense was Jared Goff. And it's a topic that I guess we can spend some time on. But to a certain extent, as we've said the first couple podcasts, there's a certain element of us beating the dead horse. And a lot of that comes down to the way we talk about Jared Goff. But to your point, yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I think there's a part of the game plan that doesn't really ask Jared Goff to push the ball downfield. But, but to your point, Collins, like he doesn't even look And the couple times that he tried to throw, I believe there was one pass he threw downfield that resulted in a pass interference. And we were saying all game, like at least take a shot and, and try to draw something like that. But I mean, he doesn't even really get close with a lot of balls that he throws down the field. And he he's really he was a lot less mobile than I thought he was, too, by the way. I actually thought that he hey, he could he could move a bit. He's really not great. He's got with like feet. Eli Manning feet. Yeah, it's like heavy, yeah, heavy, like yeah, brutal to watch. Like he takes a sack and like if he someone like is 10 feet with like near him. Yeah, I I I I promise I continue to make the promise to myself every week. 
that I'm not going to get baited into like the Stafford versus Goff thing. I'm not, that's what I'm not where I'm going. I did. I did forget to mention too. when I was talking earlier about the game day experience and the two things that I would have changed. The other thing was Brock's two buddies who are allegedly twins that I had to listen to before the game. Tell me why Matthew Stafford was the reason why the lions haven't been good for the last decade. Well, I hope they, I, I, I hope that they see that the 20 for 30 stat line and 200 yards passing. And they can tell me after that game, that Jared Goff is the answer to this team. Because, again, Jared Goff does not make anyone better. And as you said, Collins, I never looked at Jared Goff in the scope of, like, being a back, like, really the back quarter of the league and in, in as far as quarterback play goes. But you're right. Like, I, I watched some of these other games and just having quarterbacks that are mobile or that will at least air it out or that have a strong arm, they can make the, they can can throw up a deep ball and let someone go get it. The Lions have none of that. And, and it truly, truly is a limiting factor for this team that they do not have a quarterback that A, can, B, is willing to test throwing the ball down the field. And well- – you also don't get any help from your no, – no, I don't mean to – Rabs, my thing is just you also don't get any help from your receivers. And I will, I will say this because I know this is something we all commented on and talked about. The play where Jared Goff did go downfield, coming, coming our way, and he went to Khalif Raymond on the sideline at about it, – and it was – it honestly wasn't a bad throw. But, you know, you got Khalif Raymond running out of bounds, not running correctly to get the pass interference <laughs> call. The whole the – whole, uh, you know, Ford Field, all these drunk Lions fans are screaming P.I. because there was a lot of contact. But the bottom line is, Rabs, you're exactly right. Khalif Raymond didn't run that route correctly to get that call. And I guess that's just the bottom line. Like, maybe Goff would be – like, Goff could go downfield a little bit with Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. A little bit. I'm not saying it was the key to their offense. The key to their offense was play action. I understand. But what I'm saying is maybe he could do a little bit of that. But the fact that your wide receiver room – blows and we've talked about it for three weeks now as your alleged number one receiver and Tyrell Williams is still out it doesn't do you any favors and that's where I would cut Goff a little slack we knew coming into the season that he's not great going downfield we knew that he doesn't win games by passing the ball he wins games by having defensive support and a run game and I think this Lions team can do that and that's why I still think they're going to win some games this year but but continue it's just really boring to watch no, exactly. Exactly. I just think, what's it called? We were from an outsider's perspective when we talked about Jared Goff. We'd watch his national televised games. We'd watch him on Red Zone. And you're like, you know what? I mean, the Rams are pretty good. I wonder why they really wanted to get off him. Yep. I understand why they wanted to get off him. Totally, Collins. That's, totally. That, is my, that is the point I see. Like, he has a very ceiling. We don't need to discuss this more. And the Lions wide receivers stink. So that's also not fair to him, but like also there's a there like you said, Trent, there's a ceiling, and I think Lions fans have already seen that through three weeks. And I, I mean, whatever. I mean, the well, defense. Yeah, I, I mean, we shifting we gears. The defense was good. We don't need to talk about golf that much longer. I know because we I, can't I, take I, we can't take an interesting angle on it whatsoever because everyone who watches I think everyone agrees. Yeah, everyone. I was by the way, the fact that people bought Jared Goff Detroit Lions jerseys, I was shocked to see how many I saw at Ford Field. Like Lions fans are like nuts. They're, they're, nuts. they're grasping at straws. 
It, that, that's like, embarrassing. And people that have like, Jared Goff jerseys, you're a, you're. I'm sorry, you're a loser. If you're listening to this podcast, oh, look, they're not losers. I would argue that those are the people that aren't as tuned in, and they're like, oh, he went to a Super Bowl. He's pretty good. Exactly, Trent. They've seen the guy play two games in the last four years because he's been on Monday Night Football, and like, oh, the Rams went to a Super Bowl. Jared Goff's the answer. I'm going to get his jersey. I can't take it. No, it was the thing about it, Rams. It was just shocking because the all the draft jerseys I saw were like forty year old dudes. I was like, this is unbelievable. Right. I, those, I are, mean, those are the same guys that can't stand Stafford, even though he's – I'm pretty sure he has the third best odds to win the MVP now. He's going to win That's either MVP. here nor there. Neither here nor there. Love it. I absolutely love it. There was a lot of Stafford – a lot of Stafford Rams jerseys at the game. Too. Yep, Stafford Rams jerseys, Stafford Rams shirts, and back to, you know, Brock's buddies. Stafford says he wants to play in big time games. Well, good luck against Brady. They killed the Buccaneers, bro. They killed, they hung 30, what, 34, 35 on the Buccaneers. Thank you very much. I digress. Um, what do you I, think of the stat wearing the Stafford Rams jersey? That's such a that needs guy, to stop. Needs to stop after after this year. It's no that oh, Rams, Rams, you you nailed it. You were like, it's good for a year. I'm okay with it for oh, one it's year. Not. It's it's a it's a well, good yes, gag, but, you, and, you, you heard when Calvin Calvin's thing at halftime, and I got I want to talk about Sheila Ford as well. We have we to talk that. about that. We but but to. no, but you heard when when Stafford gave his little spiel on the big screen for for Calvin, the place like applauded. They gave him yeah, a standing O. People no, love this guy. I gave him a no, I stood up. Trent, there's a difference between having a Stafford Rams jersey and wearing a Stafford Rams jersey to the Lions game. <laughs> Okay, but Wait, I think they're trying to, what I'm saying. Listen, those people are trying to make the statement simply either A, no, they're trying to be losers. B, they're trying to be assholes. They're trying to, those are no, guys just, I don't want to hang out with. Okay. What because, about my Stafford Lions jersey? Can I continue to wear that? Yes, you are allowed to wear your Stafford Lions jersey. It's different when you are going, you probably went out of your way. You're probably going to like two Lions games a year and say, I need the Stafford Rams jersey just so I could piss off like my uncle Marty at the tailgate. <laughs> Okay, like that's, that's what that's that guy's that's what it. that guy's thinking about. I don't know. I just think it's a it's a loser move to wear Stafford Rams jersey to the game because that guy thinks he's the funniest guy in the room, and no one thinks he's that funny. Yeah, like it's he think it's bigger. His his he's like, yeah, for dude, I'm bigger than the team. So much laughs. All these chits are probably gonna like come up to me and like nice shirt. Like this guy thinks he's like the most important guy in the world, and he's just just a, oh, I don't know, just bugs me. Don't wear a Stafford Rams jersey to the Lions team. Sorry. Fair. Uh, let's move to halftime. We'll move to halftime now. Calvin Johnson's ring ceremony. Um, place was going nuts for him when he was on the field, so that was cool. Um, but the storyline there is Sheila Ford Hamp, poor lady, comes out to give her speech um, honoring Calvin Johnson, and, like, you couldn't even hear a word she was saying because it was the place was raining with – yeah, deafening – Deafening booze. I thought it was classless. I felt terrible. Listen, let Colin me say this. I, I know that. Can I? I want to. I want to drive on this. We don't have to spend that much time. But I. I, I just. You talked about this. Well, this I know it's a big topic. It's a big topic. Here's what I will say. The disclaimer here is that the Lions fans were booing for one reason, and that's because they support Calvin Johnson in the Lions Calvin Johnson feud. Okay, so you're booing ownership. It's not necessarily Sheila Ford Hamp, because I will tell you right now, I don't think any Lions fans have ill will towards Sheila. They have ill will towards the Ford oh, family. Shit. Collins, Collins, <laughs> Sheila Ford No, he's Hamp. right. He's right. She's no, just no. a scapegoat. 
No, Sheila has done everything right so far. She, uh, Collins, I know you and I got into it last year about this or over the offseason about how, you know, it would take, you know, a person with a zero IQ to fire Quinn and Patricia midseason. I understand. The problem is there was no precedent for the Fords doing that. And in her first season as principal owner, she took the reins and grabbed the bull by the horns and said, dumb and dumber got to go. This fat ass rocket scientist and this oh. nerd from New England, they got to go. So she kicked them out midseason, brought in Daryl Bevel, didn't even give him a fair chance because she was like, he stinks too. She brings in Campbell. She, she gives the okay to rebuild and trade Stafford. Like she's done everything right. I guess it like, and, and even if you don't want to say she's done everything right because this team's 0-3, she's done nothing wrong. But she was the scapegoat, and I understand the sentiment. But the point is, this is my last thing. If you want this relationship between Calvin Johnson and the Detroit Lions repaired, the last thing you should do is be booing the fuck out of Sheila Ford when she's trying to speak to him on the field. He can't even hear her. He's he's standing down there. He can't even hear what she's saying. Kelvin loved that. Listen, I, Kelvin loved that. No, no, he didn't because he was telling everyone to quiet down. We didn't see that because we were up in the stands. But I watched the video and Kelvin is trying to shut everyone up because he wants to hear. Awkward. Dude, I get it, but it's just it was like, so awkward. God, it was the most it was the cringiest thing I've ever sat through. It my was life. awkward, and Kelvin was probably like, okay, just Kelvin's a nice guy. He's probably like, okay, enough of this. But in his heart of hearts, he's like, Yeah, I well, dealt with this for nine years. He's like, I love the I love the fans. Oh, get after it. I had the I had to deal with countless moves and ineptitude for 10 years from the Ford family. And Trent, when you say Sheila Ford Hampton, it doesn't matter what Ford it is. Like, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. It could be Martha. It could be William Clay. It could be William Jr. Every Lions fan is going to despise them. And they have their, like, oh, it's not it's not old Bill running the team anymore. It doesn't matter. He hasn't ran the team for, what, 10 years? It hasn't mattered. Dude, I he guess really my point, Collins. Ford was, like, controlling the franchise. She's, like, 90. Collins, she my point is. And, and Bill Jr. had to be involved. So, like, when you say she hasn't done anything wrong, she's clearly been in the organization for the past 10 years, and they, they, nothing has changed. She definitely probably had say what was going on with Patricia. It couldn't have just been Martha. You know what I mean? Like, that, that is why people say that. It's just like, by, it, people are like, oh, it's not fair. Sheila's not. Yeah, it's, since she's took over, yes, she has been fine. I'm not going to, like – at, but I'm not going to give her like well, she doesn't cookie. deserve to get booed. That's the only thing I get. If there's yes, ill she will does win football games Collins. and then we won't boo you. Collins, you just said that it's not her win. fault. So why does she get booed? I understand. She get she, no, she has a role in all this. She's definitely been involved in the French. She, it's, she has been like, What's it called, Trent? When they talked about like Martha's not really running the like the team, there's Rod Wood and there's other people behind the scenes. I'm assuming she's been behind the scenes for the fast five to six years with her brother. Okay. Or am I wrong? I no, no, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I'm just saying, my- like, you're acting like, oh, this is like new regime. Like it's like like a different name was being like trotted out there as an owner it's still a four well, look this is i get it but this is why like the steve smith thing of like this culture sucks like that 
that to me is where I'm like, okay, yeah. If you're an outsider and you don't watch the team and you just kind of see no, these, they love it. If these you're an outsider, on Twitter, fuck the Forbes. Yes, I I agree. But oh. all I'm saying is she gave the okay to give Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell six-year contracts and try to turn this thing around, and we're out there booing her. Boo Martha! Good. Martha can't fucking hear you anyways. She's 95 oh. years old. She's standing there with six-inch glasses on her face because she can't see and hear. Oh, Boo her. She's the one. I don't care. You run – I'm talking about guys with Derek Barnes jerseys in section 350, and they can't get this team to any sort of like success. Like you got people buying Derek Barnes jerseys. That's the type of fans you have in the city of Detroit. And I have to like give her the benefit of the doubt that she wasn't a part of some of the past decisions. No, booer. I loved it. I loved every second of that booing. And people were like, oh, cut her a break. So it, it, it doesn't change the fact that uh, like your last name's Ford. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, it's, it's you're, not... a part, you're a part of the problem. We, we, will have to, we will simply have to agree to disagree on this as Collins and I often do. My last thing, like, dude, if you watch like the NFL draft, Roger, Roger, people are booing him. But when he starts talking, they shut up. They're like, OK, we made our statement. Let's just let him talk because he's about to announce something important. Sheila Ford, it might be Firestone, it, whatever. Sheila walks out there. And it's just instant. Like, I, I didn't hear a word she said, guys. Did you in the stadium? I heard. No, I stuff. felt terrible. I told you I felt terrible. I thought it was classless. I, I don't the, the animosity for the Ford family. Well, of course, I am a very disgruntled fan because there's been a lot of decisions made in the past that have been bad and detrimental to uh, to this organization. But as you said, Trent, like people need to understand there are some owners that are very, very involved in decision making with their with their teams like Robert Kraft, for example. You can't sell me that Martha Ford had was was pulling strings and and, and on a game to game year to year basis was that much in charge of the Matt Patricia, the Bob. She didn't do shit. And she yeah, so Fordham, she probably Sheila Fordham fired the fired Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn signed these two exciting guys to six year contracts. They they have not been great owners, no. But my God, really, you you know what the guy that should be booed? Rod Wood should be booed out of the stadium. Yeah, he he, he has been complicit in the hirings of GMs of yes. coaches, notably saying he's not a football guy, but he's the president of a football organization. That's the guy that should be getting booed. Yeah, the guys should, that are yeah, in the front no, office that make decisions on the team, they should be booed. He should be getting booed, and everyone with the last name Ford should be getting oh, booed. God. What is the what you is the, boo the grandchildren? Should, you, should we boo the grandchildren too? The, yeah, we the should. Great grandchildren, they should get booed the, the, the five year olds. That is her, go to the, the school, the, hey. the five-year-old, and boo him on the playground? Yeah, boo him. Boo him. I don't care. Boo the five-year-old. Guess what? Yeah, like, yeah, your last sure. name's Ford. You, like, hey, grew up with all this money. Yeah, yeah. I, like, you obviously got the Detroit Lions. Basically, the whole story is that William Clay Ford at the Lions because he wasn't going to be the guy who runs the Ford Motor Company. That's, like, the thing. That is, like, the story. No, that is true. That is, like, that is, like, the known, like, story, like, thing. I'm just, I don't, people calling it classes. Like Lions fans have the right to be upset. And, and, and they yes, have the Collins, right to At do some that. point, at some point down this bloodline, down this Ford bloodline, you gotta like, 
Except, first of all, first of all, the if Lions they win. Trent, I'll throw roses that's at what, you. Give them, give, Collins, are they going to win this year? No. Here's the thing. You, you got to accept the fact the Fords aren't going to sell. They're never going to sell. That's what pisses me off. I go on Facebook. I, I go on Twitter. I go on Snapchat. I got to hear all these people saying the Fords need to sell. The, yeah, they're not going to sell the team. So just, guys, we got to move on. It's just not that important, but it was worth mentioning. I don't think she should have been booed. Collins disagrees. I understand why. I just thought it was, a, I felt bad for her. I would have cried. I, no, if if 50,000 people awkward. were booing me, I would I'm been. surprised she didn't cry. I, on the field, I serious. That was that was stupid. I I'm loved pissed. it. Guess what? Go win. Go win, and you won't get booed. They're trying. Go win, like and hell. you won't get booed. They're trying like hell. All right, let's move on. Beyond halftime, let's get to the end of the game. Um, there were a couple of things, Trent, that I know that you wanted to touch on. Um, things that have been brought up today, as we are, you know, hearing the debriefs from the media. Um, we can talk about the, like the last couple drives. I suppose, um, you know, I, I know the, the one that we were kind of all scratching our heads at where they go, they go kick the field goal to take the lead. Um, did you guys feel like in that circumstance they were, I mean, I think we all agree they were a bit conservative. Like they just wanted to run the ball and run clock. Um, I guess in my opinion, I would say Jared Goff's bread and butter is literally like the seven yard touchdown pass you needed to like essentially put the game away and force the Ravens to score a touchdown and they refuse to throw the ball. I was, I, you guys heard me. I'm not going to like be disingenuous where, you know, I thought running the ball at, at the given time was the right move to, to run clock, protect it. Don't, don't risk, you know, turning it over, like just go get your points. But, you know, in hindsight, and, I, and it's easy to say after they, the 66 yard field goal bomb, uh, ruins the game for you, but they could have been a bit more aggressive and try to go get one more. I think the first down marker on that drive was like almost right at the goal line too. So maybe, you know, getting a little aggressive, throwing the ball. Uh, where, where, where were your gripes? I know we can talk about like the timeout. They called the fourth and 19 first down. What, what, what are you thinking at the end of the game? What do you got? Well, well initially uh, think, go, for, go for it. Collins. Me and Trent both, I Trent, me and you agreed watching the game that we thought that they should have went and tried and got a first down. And they got a little bit conservative there. I am not going to like throw my hands up in the air and just be like, oh, that was completely the wrong move. But I'm always in the camp that say, hey, you have an opportunity to win the game and you're not going to be – like you're not going overly zealous, like irresponsible with the decision to throw the ball in third down. Know what I mean? Like they yeah. were in field goal range. What, what what did they kick? What was the field goal they kicked? Like a thirty-eight yarder, thirty-five. No, it was nothing. It was nothing. Collins, so to your like, point, you're either asking Lamar to go seventy-five yards and score a touchdown. If if, if the Lions score a touchdown there, right? It's basic math. No, you get a first down, the game's over. Well, yeah, that's true as well. But I guess my my point that's is what, just that's like, what I was talking. Well, well, you're still down, so it's like you you have to like yeah you have to score. It's just a matter of if you score the yeah, touchdown. They had one timeout. The game was over if they got a, another first down. It would have been like a 25 yard field goal. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That that's that's what we were saying, Trent, in the stadium. Like I, I I'm saying it would it wouldn't have been super irresponsible for them to drop back in the pocket and throw. And hey, if there's nothing there, like drop down and take a sack or like throw to a shutdown, like it's only going to be a 40, like four yard or not. Know what I mean? Like I get like, Hey, that's doing precious yards away, but like, that's a risk I'm willing to take. If I'm going to win the football game, basically, if I get a first down, that's all I had to say, I'm not going to like crucify Dan Campbell, because I think 
90% of coaches in the NFL would do what he did. Yeah, and I agree with you, Collins. Yeah, I agree. Now I recall our conversation. Sorry, it was a little fuzzy. But, yes, I do remember that. And I also remember, like, the thing is, is you got a lot at play here. You got a lot at play for a first-year head coach. And I'm not belittling Dan Campbell and his football IQ. All I'm saying is that is a that's your first situation where this team was really in a position to win a game. And it's like, okay, I got to bleed the clock. I got to force the Ravens to use their timeouts. I have to score and I have to make sure we score because otherwise none of this means anything. So I'm tech. I, I, at the end of the day, man, I'm okay with what they did. I agree with Collins. So I won't go super in depth about it, but scoring a touchdown there pretty much ends the game. Cause then you need Lamar Jackson to go 38, 38 seconds to get in the end zone. And like, at that point, it's like, you just throw your hands up. We lost to a better team. I will also say this in context, watching the game, the defense was balling out. And you know what? That Played was very bo- well. That was validated after, you know, the Lions make that field goal. You got a little over a half minute. And and the, the Detroit Lions get through the line on first, second, and third down. I think they sacked Lamar twice, but they got pressure three times. And they were bringing it to them. Now, Rabs, I don't know if you have thoughts on what was wrong there, what, what the gripes were, but I want to talk about the timeout. Because – I didn't love it when it happened simply because guys Ford field was rock. It was as loud as it was going to, it was as loud as it was going to be all night. They put on the M and M promo up on the screen. People are getting insane. It's fourth and 19. And, 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 and here's where I will initially, I didn't like it, but here's where I will defend the Dan Campbell timeout because he didn't know that he didn't name who the guy was, but he basically said after the game, I called timeout to get my guys on the same page. One of our guys wasn't on the same page. He didn't name who it was. Spoiler alert, it was Will Harris. Anyone with half a football mind can go watch the play and see who it was. Will Harris stinks, needs to be traded along with Jamie Collins. Get to that in a sec. But if if Dan Campbell doesn't call a timeout and that same exact third and 19 or fourth and 19 play happens where they get the first down, he is getting killed. Like, let's be honest about it. Like, if, if the Ravens convert, and Dan Campbell didn't call timeout before that play. He's getting killed. Am I wrong? Like, like people are going nuts. Like you should have called timeout. You should have set your defense. So you can't have it both ways. Defense was playing great that day. He wanted to telegraph one more play, but I will say this at the same time, all four of us, us being us three and my brother Brock are sitting up there and we're saying all they got to do, all the Ravens got to do is cross across midfield to give Tucker a chance. I mean, this is, this is the best kicker of all time. And I guess we can roll into that unless you guys have thoughts on the timeout. But I just wanted to bring that up because Dan Campbell was getting a little flack today and I can see why, but I, I didn't, I see, I completely understand why he took that timeout is all I'm saying. Fourth and 19 is an no, excuse. Everyone is, and it's on one guy. Everyone's still hindsight 2020 about the situations. I think yes. Campbell did fine. I think – Trent, I, not to, um, to piggyback on your point, I thought the defensive game plan is one of the best defensive game plans they've had because I think this defense stinks. Like, I don't think they're talent-wise are not good. Really good defensive game plan. You give credit to Glenn and his staff on that. So that was really nice to see. But I had no problems with anything the coaching staff did. I think they did a good job yesterday. But at the end of the day, the Lions will be the Lions. I mean – I guess this is a big this is a big hindsight 2020 thing with the timeout. I I truly because that was my thought process on the fourth and nineteen was like, hey, 
you know, th- this is you have to get one more stop and the game is over. You know, use your timeout and and figure out what you want to do defensively, especially if you're saying, Trent, that someone was not on the same page. Like that's all that's all fine. And the hindsight being you just had three awesome stands in a row and your defense had been playing well all game. Like why why give the offense a break? Why why kill the momentum? But truly in the moment, I didn't after the conversion happened on fourth and nineteen, my first thought was not why did you call timeout? My first thought was like, and in Collins, you just kind of alluded to it. And I really hate being that guy, but that was the most lions thing ever, like fourth and 19 and you can't get one stop. So in, in whoever was playing D on the play, almost picked like just Will Harris. If, if he's, if he's Will a step Harris. or two back, if he's a step or two back, he swats that ball down. The game is over. But but truly just just sickening the fact that that somehow was completed. And and after that completion, as we said it, you know, minutes before, Justin Tucker, they have the ball at the 50. Justin Tucker's going to give you a chance to win the game. Now, again, am I mad about the timeout? I'm, I'm really not. I don't think that's the issue. Like how you get beat on fourth and 19 is beyond me. But. You know, all of a sudden you get down there, and then, of course, the delay of game thing was was the big topic of conversation. We didn't notice in the stadium, because I told you guys walking out, the people who were texting me, like, they missed the delay of game call. Were, are people saying the delay of game happened on the field goal attempt or the play before no, was, Lamar threw it out it of was, bounds? It was the play before, and it, it was a good Wait, did you not see the video, Rebs? No, I did not. I have not it, seen it the was, video. It was the play before where Lamar threw it out of bounds, and it was a good – I mean, I'm serious, unbiased here is a good two and a half seconds. And Gene Steratour on CBS, the, the, the post-game show, basically threw, that, threw the officiating crew under the bus. Like, dude, you look up at the play clock. As soon as it hits zero, you look down at the ball, and the ball must be snapped like that. Like it, it, so you get an extra half second just because of the, the human element of the game, essentially is what he was saying. But, yes, delay a game, should have been called, and – and, and I don't know if you guys have thoughts on this, but for me, it's just like, dude, because the expectations for this team are different, the pain isn't exactly the same as the Trey Flowers double hands. Yes, exactly. But, the, but I will say this, at some point, the precedent needs to be set that the NFL will stop fucking this franchise over. I guess that, and like, at some point, and, and Collins, I agree with you, and I think I think we're in lockstep here that, like, it wasn't like when I heard that, of course, I'm pissed off. I'm angry. We just left the stadium. We just lost. But it's like I, this team isn't going to the playoffs. This team isn't winning the division. So I'm not going to sit here and cry about it. But my my thing is, it's the principle of at le- you, get a, you get at least you get at least one of these games a year, at least one of these games a year where it's literally just taken out of your hands because of something like that. And Rabs, you're right. We didn't notice it in the stadium. So it's a it's a whole second wave of like just salt in the open wound after the game when you find out that right. happened. But it's just – it's still at some point the precedent needs to be set that the Lions will stop getting this bullshit. And I guess that that's all it is. What's it called? The one thing I'm interested about is what the lead office will say because I'm – because in this stadium, no one realized that, Trent. So I, I – my first thought is that maybe the TV broadcast – just had it wrong and it was maybe just like a second early or something like that which is common in the nfl if it's like a second or something early but i mean i no one noticed it in the stadium which makes it like i'm not gonna complain about it because i feel like if it 
if it was like that egregious, people in the stadium would be losing their shit. Well, it and also it, the, it the also players would be losing that. Like, you're right, but Collins, I think it was also sort of like I think everyone knew that they weren't really running a play there. They were just trying to take a little more. No, you might be right. So Sean, it's like just, I, I yeah. no, I, I'm just saying I think that adds to it because I think I don't really think people were watching it like that. Where usually yeah. you are, you know, where it's like fourth down, yeah. or whatever. But yeah, Babs, you haven't seen that. Have you been on Twitter at all since game? Yeah, I mean, again, I was. I got it's the text over. message from a couple people after the game of like, I don't can't believe they missed the delay a game. I'm like, dude, I didn't even. I don't even know. I thought they meant delay a game on the uh on the kick um but, but yeah i mean from the, from that standpoint with the with the officiating i i true it's the it is truly the most bizarre thing ever and i don't watch any of the other 31 teams all 16 17 games a year but you you know the the lions the people that are at least two like the fans obviously but anyone that's been tuned into like big officiating moments and, and like big controversial things, they know like the Lions, the Lions suffer from many, many of these calls, no calls that just like are mind blowing. The delay a game thing is such a routine thing for me that that's why it just bothersome. But, you know, it was a non-consequential play on the delay a game that should have been called, which, you know, I, I know the point is more so, if they call the delay a game, it's then a 71 yard field goal try, which does not go in, or it's a hail Mary, which is, you know, not very likely to be converted. And I say that having seen the, you know, Aaron Rodgers hail Mary that, that was, was converted at, at Ford field as well. So um, from that standpoint, like that's, it's just frustrating, but then you get to, you get to the kick. And, you know, as we said, from, from our vantage point, sitting at the sitting in back of the field goal post with the kick went in and when he kicked it and we all know Justin Tucker, like we all know that he's one of the best kickers in the league. He doesn't miss. He missed one in that game. And then you got to hear about before the game, he was trying to make 65 yarders and they were coming up short. Um, I actually saw something today on, I don't know what I was watching, but um, if you rewatch the, if you watch the replay of, of the kick, he actually like crow hops as he's running into it, which I thought was just kind of cool. Like that's just how I, he's just such a good kicker. Um, but when he hit it, it was dead straight. So I actually thought like there was that part of me that was like, this thing needs to be short. And I, I didn't know. And you can't really gauge from where we were sitting of if it had the leg or not, but I was like, Oh my God, he like, I, I, I was just hoping it was going to go left or right. Cause I, as soon as I saw it going straight towards the middle, I was like, this could be trouble. I thought it was and when it. Huh? Yeah, I when he hit it, I thought I thought we all just gasped like, oh, we made it. Well, I mean, yes. Well, but we did, but the hope. fact that yeah, we did all do that. The fact that there it was the, bar, the hope of it being there was the hope of it being short. The hitting that hitting the crossbar was the most like serendipitous thing ever. Of just thirty, I, and I was saying it as I was leaving the game, and and this is obviously very like Lions fan, like out of touch with reality. But 31 other teams that happens like happens to that ball hits the crossbar and just like falls down. I've I have never truly truly have never. Or it just I've doesn't seen, hit the crossbar. Yeah, I've seen I, I, exactly. I've seen balls like hit the crossbar and kick in or hit the upright and kick in. I have never seen a ball hit the crossbar flush and then like project forward several yards to well, where that's like, the thing it ain't in, it ain't exactly rocket science you look at the way a football's constructed it's a coin flip whether it's going in or out and the yeah. lions always lose that coin flip but whatever 
it was it was truly just and and you guys have been saying it for the for a, a couple moments here which i you know i'm glad that you brought it up because it was something that i wanted to discuss as just kind of like a therapeutic thing for me my feeling that it happens not like i wasn't angry i wasn't upset it was just such an empty feeling because yes the feeling around this team is very different this year from expectations to just like the roster. And like, you don't have some of the same guys that you used to root for in years past. So it is kind of like a feeling out period almost, you know, of like trying to get acclimated to who these guys are and what this team is and their identity. But I just felt like I had like, like my soul, you know, like my soul being taken out of my body. Sure. But like, there was no anger. There was no, upset I would just wasn't surprised like I've seen it I've seen that kind of stuff happen so many times it was just like damn you know that could have been Dan Campbell's first win at Ford Field the division is ass this year I know the the, the Packers just had a really nice comeback win um over the Niners the Bears suck the Vikings you really can't sell me on like being an actual good team because like Kirk Cousins go green loves Kirk Cousins but um, you know, like you can't sell me that that team's like an actual realistic threat, especially when Dalvin Cook is not healthy. So like you can leave that game being one and two and you're kind of looking at it like, OK, you know, like this again, the expectations are still low. But Dan Campbell gets his first win at home against a really good team. And, you know, you start to maybe change the narrative a bit, narrative a bit. But especially looking it, it at the schedule, in. I'm always the schedule guy for better or worse, especially looking up coming up. You got Bears who are terrible. Vikings who ain't great and then Bengals at home. So it's just like, ah, uh, if you, if you bet on the over five and a, five wins, like I did, it's like that, that one sucked because you needed that one. You that count. We no, but you yeah. count on the lions to win a game like that. Like it, it, just going into the, going into the season, like they'll win a game. They have no business winning. Like now I kind of look at, at Cleveland. I think you can win that game. Say that the defense balls out like that. Again, you stop the run. You could win that game. You, you could win. You could beat the Packers at home or some shit. I don't know. It just, it sucks. Cause that you see that happen and you see the Owen three record and you see the bears coming up in week four, as we'll get to the picks in a bit here. It's just like, ah, yeah, you, you, you want, you, yeah, you want to like to have that one. That's it. I, it was just, again, very, very just like empty and I'm leaving the stadium and it just like, I don't even have, I didn't even have anything like left. I, I like, you know, I was, I told you guys coming into the game, you know, Trent was getting on me because I didn't have the juice. And then you get into the game and they're playing really well. The juice was back. And you're like, wow, I'm going to watch an unreal win, like against a really good team. And then it just, nothing can ever just like work out easily. And, and I I've tried, I've, I, I was sitting here thinking about the show today on the drive home from the game yesterday, thinking about, like, what's the angle I attack? Like, do I, you know, do we play the pity card and do we get all upset and we get angry? And I just don't, I don't have anything left. I don't know what you want me to say. I've been, I've been a Lions fan my entire life. I've seen things like, like these heartbreaking moments. I see it happen once a year, many times, multiple times a year. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what you want from me. I don't have a reaction. I'm not upset. I'm not angry. I'm not pointing fingers. I don't care to go back and, analyze of like they if they didn't do this they wouldn't have been in a spot the guy kicked 
a a 66-yard record-breaking field goal. I don't know what else you want from me. To a certain extent, you have to tip your cap. Like, wow. like Good for you, Justin Tucker. You didn't deserve to win that game. You really didn't, but you did. You kicked, you kicked a 66-yard field goal and won the game. I don't know what, know what else you want you, me to say. You know what else it is, too, Rabs? It's it's the fact that, you know, let's just call a spade a spade. The Ravens needed that game more than the Lions did. They got it. it it's whatever. It's just like you're exactly right. To have Dan Campbell's first win be like that against a really good team, a proven team, where you went in there with a defensive game plan to contain Lamar Jackson, and you did exactly that, and, and, you, and you made plays when you needed to. You had zero points in the first half, and you still pull out a win. You know, it just – it looked like it was going to happen. And then it, I will say this. My last thought on the game is I'm talking to my brothers in, in, on the way home on the highway. And it's just like, that was fun. That was fun to feel the, the excitement of like, hey, this team might actually win right now. You know, that's what you felt every Sunday with Matthew Stafford the last six, seven, eight years. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just want to say that because – you know, the last time that the Lions were playing competitive football where we actually thought they had chances to win games against good teams, you know, I, I'm not sure I was in college. So that's all that, that that's my final thoughts on the game. I was proud of the team and the, the way that they played. And I know I say that every week because I'm the biggest, like, <laughs> slappy idiot, whatever. But, look, the defense played incredible. The offense did what they could with what they had. And at the end of the day, it's like, yeah, you tip your hat. NFL record, you will never see a 67-yard field goal. I, I, I could live to be 150 years old, and that will still be the record. So, yep, exactly. And, and by the way, tough day for Matt Prater. Feel bad for the guy. He, he gave up a 109-yard <laughs> touchdown on his, his old kick. teammate. Yeah, to, to his old teammate, Lion on Lion. And then he got his, he got his record broken in a stadium Lion that he – in a stadium where he made a lot of clutch kicks. But, lion on Lion crime. Yeah, I, I, my, my last thing before we do the picks – that was one of those things that I watched happen. And I was like, truly like, I have those moments of, you know, being like they're of course they're bound to like, they're going to win it one day. They have to, that's a moment where you take a deep breath and you're like, they might actually never win. Like that. Like I like those things happen so often where it's like, it, it doesn't even matter how well they play or how good they get something. Something is just like there's the, there's an imbalance in the universe that this team just can't shake because there was, I, I mean, really like, I don't know. I'm done. Whatever. Let's do the picks. Um, I believe last week, I know for a fact that I had the Ravens, which was incorrect. And I was glad to be proven wrong. I had the over as well. The game went under, we will seriously, need to go back and get on the same page as far as what the records are. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you guys had. I have zero idea. I just know that I was 0-2 last week and I couldn't have been happier to be 0-2. Seriously, couldn't have been happier. Um, but we will go to the game next Sunday. The Lions travel to Chicago. They will take on the Bears at 1 o'clock from Soldier Field. Um, this game, as, of, as we sit right now, the Bears are a three-point favorite. And to me, that, again, just means that the the Vegas thinks these two teams are evenly matched. They evenly suck. Um, and the bears are getting three points because they are, or the lions, I guess are getting three points because the bears are the home team. However you want to phrase that um, the over under for this game is 42 is and a half. 10. Huh? 
is 10. 10? It's 42 and a half, uh, according, according to Vegas. Um, but, Trent, I guess I will let you start your pick for the Bears game. Um, I'm going to do what I pretty much do every time. Uh, it's the, it's the good old, you know, if you got 10 coin tosses, you're going to pick heads every time because it's just, that's how the numbers work. I'm going lions and over. And the reason being is I think the lions finally get their first win. I think it's, a, I, I really do think the lions will beat the bears. Justin Fields is starting again. Andy Dalton's still out and, and Nick Foles won't be starting. It'll be just well, Matt Fields. Nagy. Matt Nagy did say that all three quarterbacks have a chance. To yeah, start Matt, Matt Nagy also, Matt Nagy also is, he's not, he's not surviving the season. Let's just put it that way. But I will say, I think, I think both defenses are pretty bad. And I know that's kind of shocking to hear about the bears, but it's like, dude, the bears, the the fact this myth that the bears defense is good. It's, it's still, you're hanging on to something from 2018. Like the bears defense is not good. They can't win you games anymore. Definitely not the same. They've fallen out of touch a little bit. And the, the way, especially the way the lions offense works where it's like, Run, run, pass, run, run, pass, run, run, pass. The Lions will put points on the board. It won't be another shutout first half. And the only reason I'm going to say over is just because of that. I think both defenses are pretty pretty tough, as in bad. And, uh, yeah, I, I just like the Lions to win this game because I don't think the Bears will be able to do much, even against this bad Lions offense or defense. You know what, Trent? I agree with you. Give me the Lions in the under. The Bears stink. And I actually think Matt Nagy is actually like giving up. Yeah, no, I think I think, dude, the Lions could end his end his job. They could they could they could kill him. Well, I mean, they lose this week. They I don't know how he has a job that week. Because... Well, that's that's what I'm saying. You lose to a bad oh, team yeah. with like an average quarterback, and and say the Lions beat him by two scores. It's like Matt Nagy, you're done. But go ahead. I yeah, I just I think the Lions are just better than the the Bears, which is kind of like crazy to think about. Like, I just the Bears are like. They're just a shit show right now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think the Lions are at that point. Like, I think the last like last year the Lions were that. Like, everyone hated the coach. No one believed it. Like, I think Lions are zero three right now. But I there has been like positives, and I think the Lions do play hard. So, like, in a situation like this, I do think the Lions will win. This will be a tough game to watch. I will tell you that. This will. You will earn your Lions fan stripes watching this game because this game might stink like out loud. So, but I like Lions and under. Um, I am right there with you guys. I think this is a mortal mortal lock of the of the week for me is the Lions money line. Um, I just I I have this mortal that far. I dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my mortal lock of the Lions money line. I'm gonna take the under as well. And I actually think I'm going to take the under because I don't think that the Bears can keep pace with the Lions in this game. I understand it's playing it's play at Soldier Field. Yeah, I don't think they can they can keep pace. What what, what, what quarterback? The Lions are to put up twenty. You can't say keep pace and the Lions like will put up seventeen points. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna what? say it could be, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's gonna be like a twenty four to thirteen game. Which that might okay be fine yeah I did like the lines are about it's like yeah this no I'm not I'm not insinuating they're gonna sc- I'm not insinuating they're gonna score fifty points and the Bears just like are like wow this is just too much I'm ins- what I'm insinuating is no I know what you're saying I know what you're saying I don't just, think it, it matters laughing. who the quarterback is for the for the for the Bears they're not gonna be able to put points on the board this this to me and, and you want to talk about the coaches I don't think anyone on the Bears has any faith in Matt Nagy at all. He's done. And it's, it's the complete opposite here in Detroit, where at least the guys like the coaching staff, they love the head coach and they care and they do play hard. And this is a team where I think you want to talk about how the difference a coach can make. 
in years past, I think this is a this is a loss against Baltimore that probably absolutely deflates your team and your team's kind of hung over from it the week after. I can just see the Lions getting their shit together, going on the road. They it seems like they haven't beaten the Bears in ten years. I, this this would be this is going to be an awesome first win for Dan Campbell, and I just I just truly don't think the Bears are any good. And I would like to think that Jared Goff especially if he's going against the rookie quarterback and Justin Fields can lead this team to a victory. I don't care how sloppy it is. I don't care what the score is. This to me is like, let's see, let's, let's see what you're made of game. You're going to play a team that's, that's probably one of your few games this year where you're playing a team on the same playing field as you, maybe even a bit worse. And I just think the lions get it done. I'm taking lions. I, I will in real life bet the lions money line. And I'm 21, I'm 23, I'm 21, I'm 23 years old, so I can legally do that. And I do not follow my gambling advice unless you want to, but I have to tell you not to. And 1-800-GAMBLER if you have a problem. But my mortal lock of the week is the Lions money line. Like, no question, no questions asked. You can't, you, you, you truly can't skew my thinking either way. I don't care who the quarterback is. And I think you guys are right. I, Ryan, Pace had, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy have this feel to me of like Patricia and Quinn where it's like, they're going to go down to like, like I think that Ryan pace is like so tied at the hip to Matt Nagy to where like, he's not going to let him go because if he lets him go, well, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but I feel like it's over for them. It's a train wreck in Chicago right now. Ryan pace doesn't have the balls to fire Matt Nagy, I think. But if they, if they lose to the lions at home, like, wow. That's fireable. It could be a fireable effect, but the Lions, I think the Lions will beat him. So that's my pick. Um, I guess that's it for the picks, but do we want to talk about Jamie Collins real quick, Trent, or should we just scrap it? Hey, that was um, gonna be that was gonna be part of the trifecta. I don't know if you guys want to do that. No, let's that. do it. Do the trifecta, do the trifecta if trifecta. that's in it. If that's in it, do the trifecta. Okay, well, it's just a would you rather question, and it's really stupid. Would you rather keep Jamie Collins or Will Harris? You had to pick. Oh Jamie Collins. I agree, Collins, which is actually funny. Will Harris I, is deplorable <laughs> will harris stinks i mean will harris is i would if, if you could blame that game on what i think will harris lost you that game more than justin tucker won it which is fucking crazy to say because justin tucker is 67 yarder yeah that's come on i wouldn't the thing about it trent i wouldn't hate will harris as much as i did based on the fact that they traded dibs and this was like yeah. the guy they thought that was going to be able to replace him. That yeah. is pro why bowler, I pro bowler Quandre Diggs, perennial pro bowler Quandre Diggs, who's absolutely balling out. And he's, what, what, yeah. Yeah. It but just, that, Quinn, that makes it 10 times worse for Will Harris. And I'm sure he's a nice guy and like whatever, but like he is just not a good NFL. He's not an NFL safety. At well, least, I agree. Like, just not at all. Like Jamie Collins is at least. Like Jamie Collins isn't great, and sometimes in coverage you're like, "Oh my god, this guy's running like a seven five forty. He's also like made a couple Pro Bowls, been a really like solid player. I can't say that about Will Harris. Okay, well the thing is, is like, the, at the end of the day, I'd be fine letting all these Quinn and Patricia picks go by by the end of like next season, except for like Ragnow and you know your handful of guys, Swift, your handful of guys who are like actually proven to be pretty good. But Ravs, would you rather keep Collins? Or, or uh, Will Harris. Rabs, by the way, had an unreal Jamie Collins impression at the game. Just oh he, yes, where where when Jamie Collins gets passed by a line, by a running back or a receiver, it's never a plant and go. It's a oh shit, I'm behind. 
Well, I, I, to be honest with you guys, I mean, yes, Will, Will Harris is not good. And, and I, if it were up to me right now, they would go take the safety from Notre Dame that I absolutely love with, with whoever their pick is in the draft next year. Um, I guess I would say just for, just for the sake of like, God, I truly, I don't know, Trent, I, I would almost say I'd rather have Will Harris because he's young. Jamie, you like, I can't, I can't, is, is a slow guy myself. I cannot tolerate slow moving people. Like when, when they play professional football for your team at the linebacker position, I cannot tolerate it. He is talk about deplorable Collins. Jamie Collins has provided. I don't know. I don't want to hear that. He actually was okay last year. He's not good. I, he, he, he is, he is late behind slow. Whatever so you want to call it. Uh, sure. And now, that, now, now, now to hear that now to hear that that trend is telling me that Jamie Collins didn't even show up for practice this week because he won. I I always like when we look think back on Jamie Collins' career, wasn't it wasn't everyone like kind of shocked when when New England let him go and then he went to do I have the right guy and then he went to Cleveland and then like Cleveland was like yeah oh no, he went no they traded him he was with the Patriots that traded to Cleveland. Went back to the Patriots, had an awesome year, and then the Lions signed him that right after. Okay, so I, I just I can't stand it. I I cannot stand it at all. So I I guess my answer to you is I'd rather keep Will Harris, but I I, they both stink. I agree. I yeah, Will Harris, they, I have I've seen it. I get it. They both stink, and of course I'm asking this question knowing what the answer is. The, the Lions are factually getting rid of Collins. Like he's he's not practicing. Like they're in the process of. And by the way, I can't believe I cannot believe there are offers and calls for this guy. But whatever, I would trade um, him for anything, like anything, whatever. I trade I trade him for like a backup punter, and we have the best punter in the league. But seventh round pick. See you. Thank you. Second question: you, who's your, Who is your favorite play-by-play guy in all of sports? Collins. Uh Al Michaels. Great. That's my answer. Great. I love Al Michaels. He's the best, dude. Rams, you got an answer? Uh, Dan Dickerson. Well, that, that – that, Is that biased? No. I love Dan I, Dickerson. I, I love Dan Miller. I didn't even think about that because Dan Dickerson would definitely be mine. Okay. Well, okay. Take take local – take Detroit guys out. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I, I just, just assumed you were talking about national TV guys. I, I was. I should I should have phrased that differently. But, Kyle, yeah. the reason I asked is because I was listening to, the, listening to Al Michaels last night. I think he is – Incredible, but he's so good. I can't stand Him Chris Collinsworth. Collinsworth is it, so good. Can't stand Collinsworth. It ruins Al Michaels for me. I, I, I love Collinsworth. I'm a Collinsworth stand. Not like Collinsworth. I can't. I think he's a P. I think he's a douchebag. I can't stand him. Who do you like? I don't think you like anyone. <laughs> me? Who do you like? I like? When we talk about stuff like this, like you, you like our local guys. I get that. But I, I don't think you like anyone else. Like, do you like Aikman? Do you like Romo? Um, Romo, Ro, I I like Romo's energy. Um, I dude, I think Joe Buck and a- people hate Joe Buck. I think I think him and Aikman are fine. I would tell you my favorite play by play guy is Jim Houston, CBC Hockey. Okay, okay, he's good. Didn't know he existed. That's my favorite. Sorry, that's my that's my fault. You're Living such up. a hockey guy. Oh my god. You had, hockey guys have the oldest man takes. It's unbelievable. <laughs> well, let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this up. What's your go-to coffee order? I just started drinking coffee. I still oh. hate it. 
I still hate it. I can't get into it, but I'm trying. So I need a little recommendation here. Like Rabs, do you drink coffee? Trent, I'm glad you asked. And let's let's take some time to talk about this. Because I think Collins' answer is just going to be, no, I don't drink it. And we're going to have to end the podcast. But I I like to have one cup of coffee a day. A lot of it for me these days is like the aesthetic of it. I just think it's like cool. I don't know. Like walking into work with a cup of coffee to me is just coffee like. Coffee is cool. Coffee it's is like professional. Cool. So I go one cup a day, Trent, because I don't really care. to. Uh, dude, I got, I got buddies that will drink a whole pot a coffee over the course of a day. And I don't really, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I think everything's fine in moderation. I like to have one cup in the morning, truly Trent. I I like to drink it black and it's not, I, I used to think the guys who drank black coffee was like, like such hardos of like, look at me, I'm a man. I drink black coffee. There's something about just like the pureness of drinking it straight from the bean and not adding in like the caramel drizzle and the in the cold foam and all this stuff. So I like a nice black cup of coffee. I will say in the in the warm months, I am an iced coffee guy. I'm actually cold brewing coffee myself right now up in my French press. It's in the fridge. So I'll throw some I'll throw some grinds in the grounds in, put some water in it, let it sit for like 12 to 16 hours overnight. You press it and, and boom, you're good to go because I can't do it. But when it's hot outside, I can't do the hot cup of coffee. But I will say, Trent, my like favorite all-time drink, my drink now at Starbucks, I go, I go venti, venti cold brew, light ice. Cause if you go like standard ice, you're getting the same amount of coffee as like a small. So pro tip, you go light ice, you can do that. I've learned this. You go light ice, venti cold brew with a splash of almond milk, you know, break up the coffee taste a little bit, stay healthy, keep it lean, keep it nice and light. That's always great. Pumpkin spice latte could be like my favorite food slash drink of all time. Like if I could only eat one thing for the rest of my life and it would like keep me alive, I would probably just be like, yeah, I don't even need visit like solid food. I'll take a pumpkin spice latte in the winter, definitely peppermint mocha. And as I have recently learned, you can actually get that iced if you ask for it. They also have a pumpkin cream cold brew these days at Starbucks, which is elite as well. So that's my answer. But I'm glad. Welcome to the coffee train. There's just something about it, Trent. There's something about waking up in the morning and like in the winter time to a nice hot cup of coffee. You throw your glasses on. Maybe you're, you know, you're scrolling through the, you know, like your, your news feed on Twitter. You know, you're reading a book. It's get, get a nice way to start the day. You know, a little, little serenity to start your day. Okay. I appreciate the support because I, I, I got a lot of analysis there from you. I can't stand it. I can't stand coffee. I got to get into it a little more. I, I, I drink, I, the one thing I do like is espresso with cream, but that doesn't really count because it's like, it's, it's like it's an acquired, it's an acquired taste. What I really like Trent. And I, you know, I, I think the coffee is definitely an acquired taste because I used to, my mom would go to Starbucks when I was a kid and she'd be like, what do you want? And I'm like, Oh, give me like a double chocolate chip Frappuccino. And it's like 750 calories. It's not even coffee, but I really enjoy like the, I don't know. I said the aesthetic several times, but I, I, I truly enjoy like grinding the beans and you get the smell and then you make it the next day. The process of just, I'm a process guy with anything, you know, sports teams, whatever. I'm a process guy. I love the process of like making the coffee. Not from scratch because I don't grow the beans, but I like grinding it up, throwing it in there, making okay. it happen. Okay, I'm here for it. Collins, before we end it, do you have any two cents on coffee whatsoever? I have m- none of my tastes are objective. I've never drank coffee once in my life. <laughs> okay, good, good. That's what I, I knew that was. Ha- I knew that was coming. Like that's oh, I. Yeah, I wish that's I how well. I know like, Ryan Collins. 
I bit literally the only things I drank are basically water and alcohol. <laughs> like well, honestly, I, I'm on the same page, except I would add chocolate milk, but that's about it. I, I don't like drink pop or anything like that. It's basically water and then like when I'm drinking alcohol, I'll drink pop and other stuff, or like I'm drinking like other than that, it's literally just water. I just only drink water. Good for you. You should drink. No, no, it's not even water. that. Like I don't I don't like orange juice. Like, and I'm at the point like where I used to drink a ton of pop, so I stopped and I actually lost a bunch of weight because of that. Shout out to Fat RC. So I stopped drinking pop like at a regular basis. But like after that, like I I like other than like strawberry kiwi propel, I can't really like drink anything else other than water. Really? Yeah. That's all we got. Bat. I don't think anyone cared about that, but well, yeah, no, it's, no, it's, 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 it's just like that's. I mean, I don't drink. I really don't drink pop either. But I mean, like I'll I'll have like a glass of milk every now and then, like a glass of apple juice. Like if it's laying around, like an Arnold Palmer, you know, you know, and drink any of those ever. Iced tea. Uh, Arnold lemonade. Palmer on the golf course only from the tart lady with the golf ball. Yep, with the, t- the yeah, golf the, ball yeah. like thing where it's out. Yeah. I love a can of Arnold Palmer, but sometimes it's too much. But when you're on a golf course. With the little golf ball, like top. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yep. Th- those things are unbelievable. Yep. That's all well, I that's got it. for you. Thanks, thanks for thanks for playing along. Appreciate it. Also, also well, one pride, one pride as well. Sure, one pride. Well, all right, guys, that's going to be it for today's episode of the Motown Rundown. I, by the way, guys, I stopped using the uh, um, my sheet. I haven't made like a doc for. Uh, the show in a very long time so this is all committed to memory i think i've said this before so i'm like I, i'm every time i do this i have to mentally go through the end of like what the she has but as i was saying that's all for today's episode of the motown rundown for trent bailey and ryan collins i am ryan rabinowitz uh we're on twitter at motown underscore rundown uh we're also on facebook just search the motown rundown you can you know leave a like follow us whatever if you want to interact with the show you're more than welcome submit some questions comments you got concerns you have thoughts, we'd be happy to discuss here on the podcast. That's great. Um, we are also on Apple Podcasts and we are Spotify. Do not miss a single episode. Uh, follow us on there. Subscribe there. Give us a thumbs up. Rate us five stars. Say something nice. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. Uh, we will be back next week on a Monday. Plenty more to talk about, but that's all. So thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>